0: What I liked, what I appreciated is the um, coach, Kimberly, she, she's like, this is the most prepared you're going to be for where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're ready to go now. Mm-hmm. You, this is part of your journey. You will be a better speaker after this. It doesn't mean we wait to right. do this. What we talk about in this podcast a lot, like you don't wait, you go and do it. Katrin's going to be a better athlete next year. Now, that doesn't mean we wait till next year. You still try and compete and do it this year because you're gonna learn so much along the way. So you do what you can with what you have for where you are. We are here because we know the
1: outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing. Never One, stop go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you, sir? I'm good, sir. Today today we're going to discuss something that um, I'm 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 personally very curious about before we were recording. I was saying that this is this this episode is just an excuse for me to ask questions that I've been curious about anyways. Perfect. And as it it's it's related to the TED talk that you recently went out to California. Yep, Santa, so, yeah, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. So um because here, here's kind of the context to it is I think that, and and I, I think this because because I I feel like I've done it before is that I'll watch and Ted's a, good, a great example but it's like it's public speaking in general, mm-hmm. and you watch people who are really good at it, really skilled at it, experienced at it, and you think, oh, like you're just like that's
0: you're just good at oh, it. It's like this the book talent that like the yeah, talent code. The talent this code. Is yeah, like, yeah. So, this is mindset. Yeah, and it's really Born.
1: easy to think to watch. You know, and you fill in the blank of people who, like Simon Sinek, right? Like everybody watches him, is like, oh, he's an amazing speaker, which like, he is, which he is, but he probably wasn't born that way. And so, that the, uh, your experience, um, from my very limited perspective of just kind of like watching around the edges as you prepared for it, seemed really interesting in the sense that it started in one place and you've got public speaking quote-unquote experience mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. lots of it whether it's at seminars or just every day in front of a, mm-hmm. a class of 30 people right so like it's it would be easy for me or for anybody else listening to this to be like oh ben's just like he's just good at it he's just like yeah. figured it out and he just kind of presented it but um knowing a little bit i i do about it like that isn't the case right so i kind of want to just walk through the process that isn't of the like, case.
0: like he isn't good at it well no it's not, <laughs> not that but that yeah. you are yeah. good at it, but but even I, with I've, I've, the experience I've, I have a long, long ways to go and to be where I want to be with it. Right. Yes.
1: But, and, but this process was, was a, yes. a journey towards that, that, you know, eventual end goal whenever, whatever. So that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Just like, what was the process like? So maybe start at the beginning of like, uh, okay. Somebody asked you to do a Ted talk. Mm-hmm. Was that, was it an immediate, like, yep,
0: doing it. I know what it is. I know the subject. I know okay. the parameters yeah. of it. Um, Okay. So I've been asked to do a TED. These are, so first off, a differentiation. Um, There's TED and there's TEDx. TED is like the massive thing where you have to be chosen to be in the audience. Like you have to apply to be in the audience. 12 grand or 10 grand. Yeah. 12 grand and they they vet you. And like, um, so I was not presenting at that. I was presenting at a TEDx event, which are independently organized. They're kind of like, uh, essentially like CrossFit gyms, you know, you're free to kind of like run and how you want to run. They've, I take the back, there's a lot of parameters that they, and there's a lot of quality control that they do. Unlike CrossFit gyms. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's another 100%. Um, okay. So they, I've been asked to do other TEDx events. Yep. Let's just use the word TED for going forward. Yeah. It's TED, TED talks. Um, and I, I've declined for a few different reasons. I wasn't ready. I didn't think I, I knew what I wanted to present on, um, um, I didn't know how good the Ted event was going to be. And then finally, um, um, this woman, um, Jen reached out to me. She's, um, she's follows the podcast and yep. she's read the book. Um, and she asked if I'd be a part of this one in Santa Barbara. Um, Santa Barbara is one of a handful of these elite TEDx's. Mm-hmm. um, um, not in terms of like they get better speakers. I'm not saying I'm a better speaker. In terms of the effort that they give to coaching their speakers. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me really excited. Yeah. Um, I didn't really realize the totality of what went into this, as you're asking about, of what went into it. Um, but I was really excited at the opportunity to to learn a lot. Yeah. Um, public speaking is something that I, um, I, I'm fearful of. Mm-hmm. It's something that I, I don't like doing, mm-hmm. I become more comfortable with the things I become comfortable with. Mm-hmm. That sounds really weird, but like, <laughs> um, like coaching in front of a class. No, like no. never once have nerves now. Um, back in the day, I used to. Um, getting up in front of uh, um, a team of athletes that I might not know, like minimal nerves now, but like getting in front of three to 500 people that are strangers in an auditorium on stage light that's gonna be filmed and broadcast to the world, Like. Yeah, like that's a nerve-wracking experience for me in a major way. Yep. Um, so the real reason I said yes was because I was so scared of doing it. Mm. Um, and I, I said, if you're this scared of it, you kind of have to do it because there's going to be a lot of learning that comes out the other end. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's next? The process we went through? Yeah, what's I, Like, yeah,
1: like, so. okay, so you said yes. You, you kind of got through that, the embracing that kind of discomfort. Did you have a sense of like, all right, this is what I'm going
0: to talk 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 about or like, what did that So then there's the application process. So then they, um, what the way that goes is they asked me to be on it, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be on it. So I had to submit a, um, like a, a paragraph written thing about what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, why does the world need to hear this talk? How am I going to reframe someone, some idea in people's heads? And I had to give a, um, under 90 seconds, um, video interview on what the talk is going to be. And, um, I gave a talk on mental toughness, mm-hmm. um, and, um, lo- the, the idea was I've given this talk before, right. um, I have a PowerPoint presentation. I have it all built out. There's a number of steps. I believe here's the, I believe people are teaching mental toughness wrong. Mm-hmm. I believe people are trying to become mentally tough wrong. So I have created a system that I believe you could plug someone into that helps get them to be mentally tough. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with, you know, your pain tolerance or being yelled at or doing harder workouts. It's, that's not part of the system. Um, those are all physical things, right? This is mental. Yep. So, um, and by the way, it's not mindfulness or meditation either. Um, so the idea behind this was that I can give a talk on this system. Yep. So I presented on that um the talk I gave was very different than I anticipated. It was still on that, but the delivery was um 95% different than the presentations I've been giving up to that point.
1: Mm, so the one you actually gave at the event was
0: almost completely almost different. Almost completely different. Yeah. Um so what did that like you mentioned earlier
1: that that one of the reasons that you said yes to these guys is because of um the process that they kind of put uh-huh. people through at, you know, at in development of the talk. So like, what was that, was that really hard to go in with a sense of like, Oh, I've given this talk. Like, this is something like yeah. in a lot of ways, like part of your identity is like, you're the mental toughness guy. Like you walk in like, okay, I'm going to give a talk on mental toughness, but now you're saying like, Oh yeah, but there was totally different at the end. So was it like, what, what was it that changed from the beginning of saying yes to like what you actually presented?
0: Everything. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so a little bit, was kind of like, I got this, I presented on this before. Yeah. So I just do is do my presentation. Well, the presentation I give is 45 minutes long. Right. Yep. So, so the challenge one is challenge number one yep. is, so here's kind of the, 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 the process. The process is, um, let's create a core idea. Let's create this one thing that we're going to put, this is our tagline. This is our thing that, um, We're going to, uh, that's going to be the rallying cry for the rest of it. Then we're going to use that as the through line through the entire talk. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So it was, um, that sounds a lot easier than it actually is. Mm. I had this, this idea, which is like mental toughness and we're teaching it wrong. Well, it took almost five weeks of refining that into one sentence that became something else. Mm Um, that's. That was a lot of work, and then from there you create sort of like an um, an outline. Okay, so we're gonna start with um, a story, and then you have your teaching point, and then your things to back it up, and you do another teaching point and things to back it up, and then you'll um, wrap it up by tying it back to your original story. Okay, so you got this framework. So with that framework, I set out to start writing it and it just flew because I know that I, I mean, I, I've already presented it. So I started typing it out and when I got done, it was about 14, 15 pages of, of, you know, Google docs. Yeah. Um, and, um, I was like, awesome. So they're, um, they're like, now read it out loud and see how long it takes. Yeah. So I read it out loud. It took like, uh, just over 50 minutes to read it. 55, five, zero. Oh, wow. Okay. The talk has to be under 12 (laughs) and herein lies the struggle for the next six months Yep, is how do you pare down, which by the way, the, the, the 14, 15 pages was already pared down. So how do you pare down this down to, so I had to go from four pages to three. Mm -hmm. That's really, that was a really hard process. So they call it killing your babies. You know, it's like you wrote this thing. It's beautiful. You like love it. You have so much, the talk's not gonna be the same without this in there gone the next thing like same thing i love this thing is gone (laughs) and now how does the talk have any meat without all this stuff it was difficult yeah the cool part is the coaching they give you along the way they're not just that's why i want to be a part of this one um worked with a woman named kimberly she was incredible um she works with a lot of other speakers that whether they're presenting to Congress or they had to give a commencement speech to an Ivy League school. She does the work for the TED Talk pro bono for Mm. free. Mm. Um, And she worked with us. um, The meetings were uh, minimum. In the beginning, it was about once a week to once every 10 days. As we got closer, those became like once every three days. Mm. Um, And the whole process is about eight months. Mm -hmm. So it's really intensive. Yeah, Um, And she as you get closer it shifts from the script you have to have the script locked into the presentation yeah um i thought that you know at first i thought like naive and maybe arrogant whatever it was i was like i well, i got this yeah. like i I got the script. I've done the presentation. Nope. Like you got to pair this 15 pages down to three. And then it was like, well, I can, I can talk in front of people. Mm -hmm. Like I do that a lot. (laughs) Nope. Like everything is just like torn up in, in, in the, in the best possible way, but like torn up, shredded and rebuilt. Yeah. Um,
1: Just, just to uh, dive in, like, what did those, like, what were the, like the coaching sessions or that process? Like how did that go? Was it like you would present it to her over video, and she would give you? So no, like, what, yeah, like, in the beginning, it was. How, um, how does that? Like, it was a work? script. Yeah. It was a
0: script, and most of the script was formulaic. Okay. Um, so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wreck a lot of movies for people, <laughs> um, but there's a formula that every single movie. It's, it's a story. There is a formula, and this is Kimberly saying. I think that she actually created this, um, but everyone has it's the hero's journey. But she put it to a nice, really nice, and once you hear it, you can't not see it. So every story, unless here's the cool thing, unless it's an independent film that doesn't create commercial success, because every writer in Hollywood knows this. They all don't want to do this. They want to do something different, so they do something off. But if they do something different, it will not. It will not be successful. So that's literally what makes a commercial success versus an independent success. Because mm-hmm. the independent people are all these yeah. writing snobs that actually, know what they're the going on. The magic is in the middle there,
1: where there's a little bit of the the, the edges. But they're all of the work. same.
0: Yeah. It's it's like it's insane. Once you watch a movie, you're like you just n- and I, I here's the cool part. I studied screenwriting, so I did you fully, yes. So here's the cool worried. part: is like when I learned this. I mean, it's a part of it's a part of emails that I do. Yep. I don't really do emails anymore, but you know, you know the deal. Yep. <laughs> um. But you see in other people's writing, you see in advertisements, yeah. it's everywhere. So, um, the way it goes is the five S's of storytelling. Yep. The first one is the setting. Then there is the snap. Then there is the struggle, the shift, and the success. Yep. So, take um, The Lion King. Yep. Okay. The setting, Pride Rock in Africa. Baby is born. The snap, Mufasa dies. The um. The struggle, I'm not going to deal with my past, I'm going to run away. The shift, I'm going to deal with my past, I'm going to go back. The success, I beat Scar and take over Pride Rock and order is restored and the grass gets green again Mm -hmm. in Pride Rock land. Mm -hmm. Dumb and dumber. The setting, like two idiots in Providence, Rhode Island have a dog grooming shop. The snap, a suitcase is left in the airport. The struggle, cross-country road trip. Um, The... The um the shift. Oh my God, we have money in this thing. Mm-hmm. The the success, like uh, they're still idiots, <laughs> right? Whatever yeah. it is at the but end. That,
1: but that's where that's where they can play around with it a little. The, bit the success
0: is still that. like the, yeah. the 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 kidnapper was yeah. was saved and yep. like all that. Um, and the success doesn't have to be. It can be a lesson. It doesn't have to be like we win. It yep. can be a lesson. Um, but it's literally every single one. So the way that our the TED Talk went was I told a story. Yep. And the story followed that formulaic fashion. And then I had um, a couple points that I wanted. To, um, this was a couple points from the five or six I originally started with. Yep. Um, so I went to these, just these two points. Um, so, of this process that I created for creating mental toughness, there's five or six in it, but I boiled that down to just two. Mm-hmm. Um, um, give those two, each of those two has the store a story in it that follows that fashion. And then you have your supporting points as well. And at the end, the conclusion, you tie back to your original kind of story. Got it. So would you say that, um, that, oh, so you, I didn't even answer your question. That's okay. So then, um, the, the original part is done over, um, Skype calls yeah. where you can see them go to yep. meetings or whatever. I don't yep. remember what it was. And we're looking at the script and we're kind of moving. It's all formulaic in the beginning. And then it gets into like changing words and that type of stuff until you kind of get, you lock in the script and then it becomes the same thing over Skype. But I'm, I'm doing what you're saying. I'm presenting. I present to her. I present to um, another woman um, that uh, we worked with. Um, They brought in a theater coach, worked with him as well. And then you also get on the group calls with the other um, people that are presenting Mm, at the TED Talk. You give it to all of them as well. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I
1: mean, Cool for me to say, but probably um the hardest slightly.
0: part for me is I do mu- I I hate the phone. Yeah. Um. So I do much much better in actual. I need to be able to see people's yeah. reactions. Yeah. I see it in real. I, um. So I, I did better when I got in real person yeah. than I did. Um. Were you just like in this office and yes, with your phone? In this office. <laughs> and I literally taped a red yeah, taped a circle yep. on the floor the size of the red circle. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you have a circle on the floor. I'm kind of like. Kind of given all of that, the, the, the secrets, ju- yes, right. yeah. But you you stay on the red circle, yeah. and you can move around there. But you want to be able to know where you are. Yeah. Um, and that's probably mostly for lighting and cameras. But yep, e- exactly. And um, from there, it's everything like when you're going to move, making sure you're not doing parallel gestures, which is. For people watching on YouTube, when you do both hands doing the same thing at the same time, that's really distracting for people Mm. to watch. Interesting. But if you do um, unparalleled gestures, you can be equally dynamic, Mm -hmm. but it should not be both at the same time.
1: (laughs) Because you kind of look like frenetic and frantic with the two hands. That's interesting. Um, I think what's really interesting about that is um, the intentionality that goes into the entire thing. Whereas, you know, it's one of those things that a good presenter here's a good a good stand-up comedian will make it look and feel like he's just coming up with it on the top of his head yeah. but if you ever have the chance to watch a comedian perform in a few different venues kind of the same bits or the same yeah. like you can see like oh like that's that little thing that you thought was like a throwaway
0: line that he just yes. thought of on top totally. was actually he's played with that four or five different ways so this right? is where I, I i wish i like i i now have some tools that i can get better at the ted talk i felt like came so fast once i started learning, mm. these, learning these tools I wish I could go and give it again, yeah. Because I didn't have enough time to lean into those things, and I. So it's literally like where you get you can purposely uh, pause and stumble, like mm-hmm. for, and you do it like um, yep. you're trying to come up with some. Um, um, you said frenetic, and I knew what I was going to say there, but I like pause. So it makes me think you yep. you actually literally put those things in there. Yep. You put in the pauses, you put in the little stumbles um, to make people think that you're coming with it on the spot. Yep. You're not, this whole thing is memorized. And that's the third place I struggled with massively is we've done tried to do things in here where I read off a script. I'm terrible at that, I'm not an actor at all. I can do this, put me up here and tell me to talk on something. And that's that's what I realized, every presentation I've ever given, whether it's a seminar or a camp or something else, I don't write out the words. And in fact, what I learned from the seminars, what I used to do is I used to write out the first five minutes yeah. and I would try and memorize it so I could get going. Yeah, Horrible mistake. That's like, I was huh. so bad at that. Interesting. I didn't realize it. Cause till you were actually kind of proud that that's how like you figured out how yes. to hack your way into I just, like, like, a seminar. Like, but I, I would always like, I would always be like, Oh, what's the word? What's it? Yeah, Instead yeah. of like just letting it come to me yeah. as I went and reading the room and having a discussion. Um, so I do really bad with scripted stuff. Yeah. Other people, I think, uh, appreciate yeah. that. Um, but that was the third massive struggle I had was um, trying to do it off of a script and pretend like I was acting, as opposed to just um, letting it happen naturally.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you say that from the beginning uh, of the process to 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 what actually what you presented, did the ideas change, or did just the the organization or the 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 kind of the yeah, it'll, the, the edges or all, like the, the the constraints around it. Okay,
0: so that's why they keep you to a core idea to start. Yep. The core idea doesn't change. Yep. Um, you know, the the core idea, um, you know, was essentially, in order to unlock your ultimate competitive advantage, we must learn to weaponize our minds. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's like, what it that's what that's um, when once you create that, like that's what it is. So now you have to dissect. A, so let's now you can't just say that. So mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Is, why do I care about a competitive advantage? I'm not an athlete. So you mm-hmm. got to unpack that a little bit. Um, and this weaponized mind thing is obviously what I, I, I unpacked the most. And I originally had five or six things that got whittled down to two. Um, so the core idea and that's why they make the core idea stays. Mm -hmm. The core idea is what the core idea is, but for sure the supporting things around it, the fringes, um, the stories. So I originally started with three stories that got whittled down to two. Mm -hmm. The stories for each one changed all that every month. Mm -hmm. They were different stories. Cause like this one sort of works. This one doesn't. I want to use this. It's like, um, so it's, it's, it's a constant iterative process. Mm -hmm. Um, which is what I appreciate, though. That's what made me learn. If I had just gone in there and delivered what I've known already, um, which I probably would have done at another TED Talk, yeah. honestly, yep. and I didn't get the coaching, um, and I would have been way more comfortable the whole process through, including the day of. Right. I was nervous getting up there and doing that. I, bet. Um, um, I watched the video. It doesn't look like I'm nervous, so that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, but I, um, it, it was... Uh, it's the other thing, which is like the hindsight is twenty twenty. You walk through that process and you're like, ah, like put me up there again. Like I want to do it again. Totally. It's like, you want, to, but the, what I liked, what I appreciated is, um, the coach Kimberly, she, she's like, this is the most prepared you're going to be for where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're ready to go now. Mm-hmm. You, this is part of your journey. You will be a better speaker after this. It doesn't mean we wait to right. do this, what we talk about on this podcast a lot, like you don't wait, you go and do it. Katrin's going to be a better athlete next year. And that doesn't mean we wait till next year; so you still try and compete and do it this year because you're going to learn so much along the way. So you do what you can with what you have for where you are, and that's a hard, like the whole thing. Co- taking coaching is hard. Taking feedback and criticism is hard, um, but at the same time, it's such an amazing thing mm-hmm. to be a part of because you see things like like this five S's. Like that's now a part of everything that we do yeah. like if you don't have that basically if you don't have a story you're not telling anybody anything to remember yep. people will not you know it's the emotional versus the logic the limbic versus the amygdala or whatever it is mm-hmm. in the brain we are hardwired to translate through stories yep. like and just that that formulaic fashion of the way stories are told the s's that's so impact that's so impactful
1: because for most of our history, we were we we communicated through speaking to each other. That's that was right. the deal. Yeah, and it wasn't like
0: you know, it, it was it, it was stories
1: told yeah. that way. Totally. And the way to remember them is to make them emotionally yes. engaging. And exactly. And, um, did you learn about? Did you learn something about mental toughness through this process that you maybe wouldn't have learned? how'd you just kind of kept going along in the process that you had kind of always had developed it over the last couple of years? Like, was there something about the intensity of this that you came away with? Like, Oh, I, I know things
0: now that I didn't know when we started this. I learned, um, just the, when I started this, I felt like I had a good idea about what my, um, my method was for developing mental toughness. Um, now I feel very good about that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, um, I, I don't, expert's a bad word but I feel really confident in my methodology it got really buttoned up I tried to poke all the holes in it I could and I struggled with it for six months yeah. as opposed to like deliver it up on the whiteboard every three months and kind of like no iteration yeah, maybe, yeah little iterations here or there so that part um, I, that part definitely uh, transformed in terms of my understanding of um, actually changing and shifting my thoughts on stuff no it just mm-hmm. further enhanced it cool um it was um, um, everything came to fruition. It's just that I was now the test subject instead mm-hmm. of I was the the student, not the teacher. Mm-hmm. And I was one at the receiving end of my own teachings, saying, "This is what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. You gotta dot dot dot. You gotta follow these steps." Yeah.
1: Um, I think. Uh, I, I I even though I'm tempted, I think we'll save the actual conversation about mental toughness and what you learned and cool. about.
0: How let's, you deliver Let's, do, talk a about whole, it let's we'll do a do, whole podcast yeah. on 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 the 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 meat of it. How we do so it. So
1: let's do that. So let's wrap up this one with maybe a, just a sense of um, actually two things that I'm curious about. One maybe is the quickest one is like walk me through the day of the yeah. TED Talk. Like you said, you were nervous, but I'll walk through that. Feel like the
0: week before the week sure. before actually. Yeah. So. Um, you do like these, um, the Skype calls for lack of a better term, these online calls. And then, um, mostly people are from LA. It was in Santa Barbara. Um, I was obviously from Boston and there's one other group from Florida, Um, but everyone else is fairly local. So we get out there. Um, Ted talk is on a Saturday night. We get out there on a Wednesday night. Um, day one is just like kind of hanging out. We just make sure day two, you do a dress rehearsal in an auditorium, um, not, um, where you're actually filming it, a different place. Um, Um, that was Thursday night, Friday night, you're doing the active live dress rehearsal in the actual location. Mm -hmm. Um, after the talk, you, um, we have a big dinner. Uh, how's this go? Um, uh, no, one of those nights we actually went out to this, like everyone got together. We had a fun thing. We went to like Mm -hmm. this magic show at this cabaret type Mm -hmm. place. It was really cool. Um, they call it the magic castle. Um, really cool. Um, so it's really fancy dinner. They rent out the whole place for us. There's about 12 speakers and a huge staff that puts this thing on. Hmm. Um, then the night before, you give your um, your rehearsal in the morning, and then you come back and you, we had uh, a speaker dinner on the stage, hmm. uh, put on by this incredible chef um, with all this farm to table stuff. So he's like, um, he made like this acorn, apple, like fish thing. And he's like, I got the acorns from the farm. It's like literally like he's telling us where he got all this stuff. It's super cool. Um, And then from there, the next morning, the day of, I was presenting. I was They break into these different groups. So three speakers go at a time. Um, There's three or four and there's three or four breaks. So essentially you listen for 45 minutes or an hour. You have a break, 45 minutes an hour and a break. Um, I was the last speaker in the first group. It's, a, it's the best place I would have wanted to be. So yeah. I, I didn't get to pick it, um, but I love that. Enough that like I could get there and feel it, but I didn't have to wait the whole day for this thing to go off. Um, so got there in the morning. Um, as they're setting up, I kind of just hung out on the stage to get my feelings. I went up to the stage a couple times, presented the first few lines. Then there's a speaker room downstairs and basically you hang out downstairs with all the speakers. There's hair and makeup, uh, mostly for the girls. I didn't do hair and makeup. Um, maybe I should have. <laughs> and then... Uh, Really cool, amazing. Kimberly runs the um, the stage; she's introducing the speakers. Her husband Mark does all the production stuff, the video. Um, And then they, in between each section, they have these incredible um, performers—these incredible dance, Mm. um, dance, rap singers, like just this like incredible group. So, like, really kind of like it did not feel like a long day at all. Mm. You're there from. I can't remember now, it's either nine or 10 until four or five at night. But I mean, it just goes because you're hearing 12, 13, 14 minute talk and then another one and then another one and then break and then these amazing performers and then rinse, wash, repeat. Yeah, it's really cool. Very cool. Uh, Last question is just as it relates to the value
1: that you see in... Um, having a coach. Cause I think it's one of those things that, Oh my God. Uh, a lot of people probably, l- I mean, I'm, I'm assuming a little bit like they look at you and they're like, Oh, Ben's got it figured out. Like he doesn't need quote unquote help. He doesn't need a coach. He's got, love it. He's the coach. Right. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, what was that? What, what, what kind of value did you see in that? And, and maybe what you learned from just the, just having somebody who's kind of
0: watching you or, or working with you, um, in that, in that role or in that position? So going through the entire thing. So in the middle of it, you're kind of like, wow, this is really cool. They're, they're investing a lot into me. I can see kind of the growth happening, but it's hard. It's struggle. So it's really kind of hard to see the growth. Yeah. You're kind of more focused on the struggle. Um, the thing that really brought to fruition was one of the other presenters talked about the value of a coach. Hmm. Like in their, their, in talk their TED was? Talk. How that was their the TED cool. Talk was... Um, he had a few points in there, but one of the, he basically talked about like how to, a transformation. Yeah. And one of the things was step number one was get a coach. Yeah. Um, and, um, what I realized was like, yeah, like, so I came back by the way and hired a business coach. Yeah. Like I really like, cool right away, yeah. hired a business coach. Cause I was just like, yes, I saw how impactful this was. I never would have, I never would have gotten to where I am today in terms of speaking. And I'm so far from where I want to be, mm-hmm. but I never would have, um, learned what i learned without a coach mm-hmm. like maybe it's it's a short the way he said it was it, it's the hack yep. it's the shortcut yep. it's the shortcut is a coach um so it was so powerful to be a part of that what i realized was i need more of this around me and i started to realize like well what is a coach what does a coach do mm-hmm. so when i started working with the business coach all that they're doing is they're not emotionally involved at all. Yeah, They're on the outside looking in and they don't have your one perspective. They've seen this 400 to 4,000 times. Mm-hmm. And they just go, you know, uh, have you ever thought about like maybe dot, dot, dot? Yeah. And I realized, you know what? Like, and people have this stigma about coaches, where mm-hmm. it's like I don't need it, I don't want it, like or that. It, it's it, a single, it's a, it's a signal sing, of weakness. Yeah, that you. But you know yeah. what? Every co- everybody has the, at least one coach in their life. You know, you know who it is. Their doctor. Their doctor is doing the same thing. Yeah. You're going like, here's my symptoms. Here's what I'm dealing yeah. with. And the doctor just really knowledgeable. He goes, Hmm. Well, based off of the 4,000 other cases I've right. seen like this and, the and six my years education, in school, yeah. My, from, yeah, from yeah. my education of becoming a coach and my personal practice, my experience, yeah. I think that maybe we should pr- think about taking this medication. Yep. I think that maybe we should think that's all a doctor is yeah. yet. We have no problem going to doctors. Right. Some of us do, but we, <laughs> most of us, if we're like sick, yeah so let's not wait till we're sick let's wait till like more like a functional medicine person that's gonna keep us healthy that's That's nothing more than a coach and we started to realize this is what shifted me to like the business thing i was like i got the business thing figured out i don't need one what are they gonna tell me i was like well i feel like i have health figured out but i still still go see the doctor yeah so why am i why am i reaching out to a doctor why am i reaching out to a functional medicine person why am i and why does katrin reach out to me like Mm -hmm. It's because a coach's job is to take somebody someplace they can't go on their own. Mm -hmm. That's what a coach does. And what you're saying there is like, I I can't get, I'm not going to get there without a coach. So it's one of those things that we say like, try and fail, try and fail, and try and fail. Hire a coach. If it doesn't work, fire him, get the next one. Mm -hmm. But that's what we should be looking for. Coaches are so valuable. Yeah. And it's funny funny that... (coughs)
1: Like that's what you do, I know. but yeah, it's you're still. Right, right, right. But it. Yeah. But it. But it's. It's actually in some ways, it's. It's symbolic of the thing, which is like, we have our head down. Yes. On the thing that we do, and the thing that a coach does, it picks your head up. Yes. It says, look at it. Look at it this way, or have you thought about this? You know, Ray Dalio writes in Principles a lot about. Um, everybody has blind spots,
0: mm-hmm. and a
1: good coach doesn't have the same blind spots as you. And it that in
0: and of itself. Is valuable. So, one of the things with the coach is like, well, am I getting my return on my investment? Yep. It's like, so it's just finding a coach takes a lot of time, and time is the only non renewable resource. So, like, you're am I wasting time trying to do this? And then, am I wasting another valuable resource, money? Like, yep. and then <clears throat> we pay a lot of money for our business coach, it is ridiculously expensive. And it's gonna take us, a, and I was like, is it really like after one session, we did one full day session. The entire leadership team I have looked at each other like, "What? <laughs> what the hell was that?" In the most positive way, yeah. They're like, "We never would have gotten there yeah. in one day." He leapfrogged us like maybe three, four, or five years. Mm. I mean, yes, they're valuable. Think of the return on investment on that. Yes, we pay you know five, six, seven thousand, eight, whatever it is, thousand dollars for a day. Mm. But the power that that one day brought is going to return itself so much so much faster very cool all right man
1: that was fun thank you very much we'll see everybody next week thanks pat you can get every episode of chasing excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on youtube until next time thank you for listening